Well, good morning, Calvary Vista, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. I am privileged to kick off our Christmas series, Peace on Earth, where our heart in this series is to discover and remind ourselves of how Jesus brings peace into troubled lives and situations. So would you turn with me to a very famous passage? In Luke chapter 2, we'll read from verses 1 to 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. And as we're turning there, just an FYI, I will be referencing and reading a lot of scriptures today. And so if you have your journal or your pencils or your pens or your iPhones, take note. My my heart is to not rush through these things, but to give you an opportunity to do some further investigation for your own personal study and encouragement later. So we'll start here in Luke chapter 2 and we'll jump around to different spots. The verses will be up behind me. But Luke chapter 2, we'll read verses 1 to 20 and then share a word of prayer together and then get going with our study. So here I'm reading again from the New King James Version. The Word of God says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were some. Uh, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold." I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 15, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they have heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, how it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for the gift of your presence here. Lord, your word says that you never leave us nor forsake us. And so we remind ourselves in our hearts today that you're here by your spirit. I pray that your spirit would have access to our hearts and our minds, that every, every distraction in our mind would, would, would cease right now, and all the turmoil in our hearts would, would be covered by your presence and your peace today. 
I pray, Jesus, would you disciple us according to your word and according to your Holy Spirit and make us more and more like you. For your glory, for your name's sake, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I love this announcement that the angels give to the shepherds in the field. It's an announcement for us that peace is available for us today. And I love this because I'm guilty, and maybe you're guilty of this too, of of living with low-grade anxiety. Anyone know what I'm talking about, that low-grade anxiety? You know, I I got sick last month before Thanksgiving, and, um, you know, I felt like I was ready to see Jesus. You know, I was like on the couch, and I, you know, my my wife was making soup. I'm like, put chicken in it, you know, and, and, and put, no, not the healthy noodles, you know, and I just, you know. And then she goes, oh, something must be wrong. So she takes my temperature. Turns out I have a low-grade fever. She goes, you're just 99, you know, degrees. I'm like, oh, but I felt like I was ready to see Jesus, you know? But that was our first experience of the man cold. It's real, right, gentlemen? Well, spiritually, I think that we have the tendency to operate and to live with low-grade anxiety. And let me tell you today, you don't have to. You don't have to. That pit in your stomach. I get this low-grade anxiety, or maybe you're like me, you like roller coasters, right? And that anxiety builds up as you're in line for the roller coaster Goliath at Six Flags, right? And as you're getting closer and closer to the line, you hear the rush of the roller coaster, you hear the screams of the people, and in your stomach you just feel like, oh, it's almost my turn, it's almost my turn, and then you get into the seat, right? And then they buckle you in, and you wish it would go tighter, or else you're going to fall out, right? And then all of a sudden, it goes, tick. Tick, you know, you make your way, tick, your, your, your palms are sweaty, your feet are sweaty, you know, tick, tick, and then you get to the top, and then that release of anxiety, when you go down, whoo, ah, you know, everyone's like going crazy, right? That, that's what makes a theme park so attractive, is that there's a release of that anxiety. Well, many of us today suffer from that low-grade anxiety, and there is no reprieve, because we do not maybe know the peace that is available to us. My sermon title today is The Gift of God's Peace, and today I want to give a a broad overview of God's peace that is available to us. Again, there's going to be a lot of verses referenced, so take note of these for further study and encouragement. But I want to give us in our our time together three, uh, three topics to map our time. Number one, the announcement of peace. Number two, our access to peace. And then how does this play along in life, this application of peace. So number one, the announcement of peace. The heavens opened up, right? The angels declared glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. These angels announced that the reality of peace on earth is now available because of the coming of Jesus as a newborn baby. Now they use this word peace. The, the Greek translation is erene. Everyone say erene. Yeah, that's where we get the, 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 the name Irene. Any I- Irenes in the house? A couple of Irenes? Yeah, there we go. Well, your, your parents named you, you know, wanting you to be a peaceful child. And uh, we'll see how your husbands agree with that or disagree with that, you know. But this Irene, this peace, is the New Testament or Greek translation for the Hebrew word shalom. We know this one, shalom, right? Even if you only know one Hebrew word, it's shalom. And it's, it's, it's peace, And this word peace, either rene or shalom, is used 328 times in Scripture. 328 times. So here's a pro tip. You want peace? 
Open up the Word of God. It's filled with promises of peace for you today. Open up the Word. So this word, erene, peace, it means freedom from worry. Everyone take a deep breath in and out. It's kind of that state, right? Freedom from worry. It speaks of a harmony. And it carries the idea of taking what's broken and restoring it to perfect wholeness. So it speaks of freedom from worry, harmony, and carries the idea of taking what's broken and restoring it to perfect holiness. Now, if you zoom out and take the bird's eye view of what this word means in Scripture, it's this. The peace, the freedom from worry, the beautiful harmony that I now have with God is only because my account with God has been settled, that my debt of sin has been fully paid, and my account is now in a favorable balance because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me on the cross. So the peace of God says this, you are no longer, I am no longer a slave or a beggar or or indebted to keep my sin or be punished for my sin because of Jesus. My status has been changed because of Jesus. I'm no longer a wanderer or an outcast. I'm a child of God. And, And this grace of God, I love the grace of God, it goes further to not only cancel my debt or fully pay my debt, but then to deposit into my holy bank account everything that I need both for now and for eternity. So my sin debt has been paid for, but I'm not empty-handed. The grace of God gives me everything that I need for life and godliness. And this is the peace that is given to us from God that we can declare even when everything around us is chaotic and busy. You ever feel like there's too many tabs open up in your mind, right? You, you X one out and there's more tabs that pop in. This is what we can declare even in that, that it is well with my soul because it is well between me and God the Father. So we see also in Scripture that God's peace is given to us. It's not just the absence of turmoil or the absence of conflict, but it is also the presence of everything that is necessary for wellness, well-being, and the good of our souls. That's the, that's the grace part. And the more I'm walking with Jesus, the more I'm realizing his grace is his peace, part of his peace is his grace, right? They go hand in hand, grace and peace. I love this ironic blessing here in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And the reality of this shalom, this peace, cannot be discovered, this is the grace part, without the Lord shining his face upon us or without the light of his countenance and the blessing of his grace and goodness upon our lives. So this announcement of peace that the shepherds received, this is for us today, this is the message for us today. And if we're taking a broad view of this peace, there's three things I want to talk about with God's peace. This peace is threefold. Number one, it's peace with God then peace with others, and then peace within our hearts. Let's talk about this really quick. Peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Again, write all these scriptures down. Therefore, having having been justified by faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So did you get that? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the word of God says that before we came to know him in loving union and saying, yes, as my Lord and Savior, we were enemies of the cross of Christ. We had our spiritual guns pointed against the Lord. We were enemies. We were at war. But now, by faith, we are justified and we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Well, we have peace with God. Number two, we have peace with others. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 18. I'm going to read these, these verses. For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace." And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And so in the book of Ephesians, Paul is elaborating that there's no longer segregation between the, 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 the Jewish uh, believers and, and the, uh, the Gentile believers, but that Jesus has broken down the middle wall of separation. And this is the mystery of the gospel contained in Ephesians, that everyone is one big happy family in Christ. And, and looking around here this morning, I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ here at Vista. So the, the truth is, is that our spiritual blood, so to speak, runs thicker than physical blood. You know, often you can agree that I'm closer to a lot of my Christian brothers and sisters here than I am to my family who don't know the Lord. And, and that's the work of the gospel. It's the work of Jesus. He made us all one together in one family, one body. So peace with God, peace with others. But then here it is, peace within our hearts. And this is key for us as believers. This, this low-grade anxiety can be replaced with the peace of God. And that can allow us to walk with him and, and strengthen us to walk with him every day. I, lo- I love this. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. And here is Jesus giving a gift. John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Irene, freedom from worry. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And lastly, Colossians 3.15, the peace within our hearts. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. More on this later, of letting the peace of God rule rule in our hearts. You know, this peace of God is is not a fairy tale land that we enter into. It's not like we ignore reality or the hardships, but it's that we confront the reality of the hardships and experience God's peace, even in the chaos. I'm reminded of my mom. 
My mom, uh, there's, there's five of us, five boys, and we're all pretty much stacked in age. And so, you know, at one point there was uh, five of us under the age of eight, right? And my dad was working full-time for, the, for studying law and practicing law, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she would always have this apron, right? And either it was for cooking or for craft supplies or Band-Aids or whatever. But often, we'd see our mom just go into the kitchen or somewhere and then flip the apron over her head. And, you know, mom, what are you doing? Mom's not here, you know? And we realized it was her way of just taking a break, centering herself, and allowing the peace of God to meet her in the reality of the craziness of being a mom at home while dad was out making money practicing law. And, and, you know, if you know me, I I was a handful. You know, and this is me walking with the Lord, all right? So me apart from the Lord, you can only imagine, right? Right? And that's just me, times four, you know, that's my family, right? Woo, okay. So it's, it's not denying the reality of craziness or hardship or chaos. It's confronting those things and allowing the God, uh, the God of peace to meet, him, to meet us with peace in those situations. So the announcement of peace to the shepherds, it's for us today, but how do we access this peace? Number two, how do we access this peace? I want to be very simple in this matter. You cannot know peace without first knowing Jesus. You cannot know peace without first knowing Jesus. To access this peace in Scripture, the freedom from worry, the harmony, right, all this here, the only way to access this peace is found in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. I read a bumper sticker on a car, and it said, To know Jesus, know peace. But the know was K-N-O-W, right, know Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. And then comma, no Jesus, N-O, no peace. And I thought to myself, wow, that is beautiful and true, you know? If you know Jesus, you know peace, because like we'll read, he is peace. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't know peace. That's what the Bible says here. How do I get that? Well, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus is, is ready to kind of, be ascended back to heaven. Uh, he's getting ready for the cross, and he goes, peace I leave with you. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I give this to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so I love that Jesus' parting gift is peace. But notice whose peace this is. It's his peace. He says, my peace I give to you. So when I'm confronting the reality of chaos, it's not peace that I have to muster up by my faith. No, it's just accessing the the, the peace that is given to me in Jesus. And this is a gift. And can I give a side encouragement for this? Let us be good stewards of the gift of God's peace. How do we be a good steward of, uh, of God's peace? Well, making sure that it's there, right? First and foremost. And then making sure that we're exercising this gift of peace. Not, no longer are we operating in low-grade anxiety, but we're letting the peace of God rule in our hearts and walking in peace. This is a supernatural peace. Jesus gives, his, gives us his own peace, and he can do this because Jesus himself is our peace. Again, referencing Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, for Jesus himself is is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So in the chaos, in the confusion, and maybe in some turmoil, we can access peace 
because he is peace. And so when we're praying for peace, we're actually praying for his presence because Jesus is peace. And, and isn't that what we're called to do and created for anyways, to be with him? And so it helps me to rethink maybe some trials and some hardships. Yeah, the world is sinfully flawed and there are broken things, but maybe God is allowing some of those hardships to get my attention so that I'm praying for his presence, that I'm walking with him. Because he knows if I'm not walking with him, I'm walking without him. And I'm living beneath my privileges as a child of God. So it helps me rethink, Lord, is this chaos? Is this crazy? Are you allowing this because I've been far from you? You know, I think of the prodigal son story. The, the Lord allowed the famine in the land. He allowed him to come to his own senses so that he would come back to the father's house. Maybe in your situation right now, there's some turmoil or some chaos going on because God's calling you back home. Can I encourage you just to come back home quickly? His peace is waiting for you. He is peace. He is waiting for you. And I love this. I love Jesus. I, 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 man, this, I love our tagline, simply Jesus, right? Because without him, we don't have this. Our access to peace is dependent on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. His blood, get this, his blood was and is payment for our peace. So this peace is free to us, but it cost him everything. Where do I get this? Well, Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 20. Paul writes, For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. How do we get God's peace? It's free to us, but it cost him his blood, his life. And this wasn't something that Jesus just made up for himself. No, it was actually prophesied long ago about his ministry on the cross. Write down Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 through 6. Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 6. I'll read verses 4 and 5, but the whole thing is beautiful and you should read it. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, the chastisement for our shalom was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So this peace that we access freely every day that's available to us cost him cost him his blood. I, I love the saying that God bankrupted heaven by sending Jesus as a newborn baby to die the death that we deserve to die so that we can live the life that he lived, right? That we are called to live in him. This peace, we have access to this peace. Sometimes I feel I have more of God's peace after maybe a youth retreat, after seeing God move, or maybe after you know, the women's Christmas event, like I just feel at peace with the Lord. Well, it's just because I had great fellowship with him. The worship was awesome. The food was awesome. I just feel at peace with the Lord. And sometimes down in the valley when I come back home, I, I don't feel his peace. And, and I love devotionally meditating on Luke chapter 2, because where did the angels declare that there was peace on earth? It was in the darkness. It was in the shepherds. It wasn't in the light of the city in Bethlehem, the busyness and the chaos. It was in, actually, the darkness. And so devotionally thinking here, too, maybe you're in that dark place, too, where you're just doing your thing just like the shepherds. 
well, hey, the announcement for God's peace is for you, even in the darkness. As much as it is on those mountaintops, in the darkness, in the valley, God's peace is available to you. And maybe the issue is maybe that you're in the city, so to speak. Maybe the busyness of this season, the gift wrapping, the, the, you know, the, the Christmas clothes and the scarves and all the different decorations, maybe you're wrapped up in that and it's time to take some silence and solitude to go to the secret place with the Lord to hear that his peace is for you. Whether you're in that dark season or whether you need to go in a place where you're hearing from him, man, my encouragement, like that song, run to the sanctuary, right? You are my sanctuary. I will run to you and I will not grow weary. Peace is available to us, and I fear, like myself, I'm guilty of this, that as a believer, as a child of God, I often live beneath my privileges, and the devil just laughs. The peace, the devil knows what peace is available to us when we come to Jesus, and so he'll keep us busy and distracted and on the horizontal. Because once we get vertical, Man, that peace, it surpasses understanding. It's now replacing those fears, those anxieties, and now I'm walking in his intended purpose for me, full of joy, full of hope, full of peace. So the announcement of peace, the access to peace, but what does this mean for our lives? I want to talk about the application of peace here. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, I read here that we receive his peace to better walk in his purposes. That God gives me a peace for a reason. It's not so that I would live for myself, but to live for him and to be sanctified by him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, Paul writes this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Did you get that? May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. So we receive peace to be sanctified. And that word sanctified, we know, or well taught. It's to be called out of something to someone. So we're called out of darkness, out of sin, out of shame, out of bondage to the world, and we're called to him to be better fitted for his purposes, to accomplish his will on earth. So the God of peace himself sanctifies us so that we can be better fitted to walk in his purposes. And I love here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, 16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. I love that encouragement right there. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Because I don't know about you, but in my sanctification process, it doesn't always feel good. Right? Often it involves the fiery trials. Often it involves the valley of the shadow of death. And it helps me to, again, rethink my trials when I'm, I'm understanding these things are ordained by the God of peace. And even in those trials, there's a peace waiting for me. And maybe that's what the Lord is trying to teach you today. Maybe you're like, I, I've been in this trial before, I've been in this valley before, but maybe it's for you to deeper experience his peace and how it can guard your heart and mind, even in this situation. Well, we receive his peace to walk in his purposes 
This speaks in, in regards to being unified with him, and now we're unified with others. And here, here's an encouragement for us that we are called to be peacemakers. So we receive peace to be conduits of peace. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, Hebrews 12, 14, it says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. The encouragement to receive peace and to give peace is to pursue peace. That means you have to make the decision to get up and run and pursue peace, which, tell me, which tells me this, peace doesn't accidentally happen. No one just accidentally falls into peace, you know what I mean? We have to pursue peace to and with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. And maybe that's a word for you today. Maybe there's a meeting that you've been neglecting that the Lord has put on your heart to reconcile maybe a relationship or maybe someone rubbed you wrong and you're carrying an offense and there's some bitterness there and there needs to be some confrontation and you need to pursue peace. I'll tell you this, it's way easier to be comfort, to, to, to kind of hide in the drama. Whatever about it, it kind of feels good, if I'm being honest. It feels, feels good to the flesh. But God's calling us out of that darkness to walk in his peace. So maybe that's a word for you today. Maybe there's a conversation or that, that hard, maybe, tension that you need to address within your own family or your workplace, or your friendships, and you're robbing yourself of peace because you're not pursuing peace. Can I encourage you, Rob, Pastor Rob, I love this. God's commandments are God's enablements. Sometimes those conversations seem so impossible. They're never going to hear me. They're, not, they're never going to listen. But then you walk into it, you see that God's commandments are God's enablements. And Romans, uh, Paul writes, as much as it's up to you, live peaceably with all men. So you do your part in extending peace, that, that hand to, to bring back, to have that harmony. But if they don't receive it, that's not on you, right? You did everything that you could do by extending your hand of fellowship. So we receive peace to better walk in his purposes. We receive peace to pursue peace with others. Talking about application for us. Here's the thing, too. God's peace gives us the opportunity to live in a lifestyle of peace. A lifestyle of peace. I referenced before the low-grade anxiety that sometimes this season can make it into a high-grade anxiety. And we kind of just get used to that low-grade anxiety. But that can be replaced with God's peace. What did God say to the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7? We know this scene. She comes into the building. All the Pharisees were there. She's undone, right? Her hair is out. She comes to Jesus and she starts to worship. She washes his feet with her hair and wipes them with her tears. And what does God in human form say to her? What does Jesus say? Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's not go back in your shame. It's not go back in your condemnation. But now live a lifestyle of peace. You can go in peace. And this was a message that Jesus also gave in the next chapter over. He's on his way, fulfilling his ministry, and there was a woman with, issue of, with the issue of blood for 12 years. She hides herself. She comes up behind Jesus. She touches the hem of his garment, and he, he feels power flow out of him, and he speaks to his disciples, who touched me? And they go, what are you saying? They're like, what do you mean who touched you? There's a multitude around you. But then he says, no, 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 power has gone out of me. And this woman comes forward, and she confesses that she was the one who touched Jesus. And what does Jesus say to her? Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. 
go in peace. So I'll say to you, Calvary Vista, if you've, had an enco- if you've had an encounter with Jesus, if you put your faith in Jesus, you have the command and the opportunity to go in peace, to let peace be your banner. And in closing, as I was praying and preparing for this series, Peace on Earth, what the Lord really put on my heart for us is to allow that lifestyle of peace to, to really be ours. Coming back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Colossians 3, 15, Paul writes, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. This word rule is very important. It's the only time this word is used in the entire Bible, the entire New Testament. This word rule means to act as an umpire or a referee. So we're supposed to let the peace of God act as our referee. So what does that look like in real life? Well, when the anxiety alarm is blaring and the Holy Spirit blows the the peace whistle, the referee, right? You can pause and, and... and ask the Lord, Lord, where have I gone wrong? Lord, maybe what thoughts of the enemy have I entertained? What things do I need to repent of in my mind? Because I'm not walking in your peace. It's kind of that out of bounds, right? When you go out of bounds, the referee blows the whistle, you're out of bounds. And I'm so thankful that we can allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, to call the shots, so that we don't have to stay out of bounds, to stay out of the game. But we can allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts. How do we do this? Well, we let the peace of God be the, be, be the umpire, be the referee, when we surrender and let go of trying to hold it all together. How do we just let the peace of God happen in our life? We have to let go. And, and oftentimes that's the hardest part. Because I know my schedule, I know what I need to do, I need to do all these different things, and they pile in our brain and in our heart, and then I'm not walking in God's peace. It's all because my hands are full, and I just need to let go and let the peace of God call the shots. Let him remind me where I'm going right or where I'm going wrong, and, and, and recenter and recalibrate to be in a right relationship with him so that I have access to that peace. Well, how does this work out in real life? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 9, we'll close here. We can be very practical in accessing this peace and allowing the peace of God to rule in our heart as we simply pray. Philippians 4, 6 to 9. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, And the God of peace will be with you. How do we let the peace of God rule and reign in our heart? It's by letting go. By letting go, by casting all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. 
We, we do this through the act of prayer, by casting our cares upon him and then letting them stay there. I, I know I'm guilty of surrendering these things to the Lord, but then I'll take a souvenir of my surrender. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'll just take this one to after service, you know? And then we're not walking in God's peace and we're wondering, wait, where does God's peace go? Well, we just picked up that idol back again. But it's to cast all of our cares upon him and to leave it there. Don't take souvenirs of your surrender. Leave it at the cross. Leave those yokes that you've put on yourself and replace it with Jesus' yoke and then walk and go in peace. This peace is available to us. I think if we take some time to slow down, to allow the peace of God to call the shots, to really bring our, our requests to the Lord, in prayer, and I said prayer, not complaining, right? I think there's a difference. Sometimes I can complain about these things. Well, God hears me, you know, but it's not a prayer. But if I'm praying and surrendering those things over to the Lord, man, I can walk in his peace. And what a challenge, this last refrain in what a friend we have in Jesus, right? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We can be very simple in accessing God's peace when we take things to the Lord in prayer and leave it there. So just like the shepherds in the dead of night, this announcement of peace is for you. The access to this peace has been made and bought by Jesus Christ. Now, our job, our responsibility to walk in his peace, to walk with him because he is peace, to walk in his presence. Let's pray. Father, we ask that we would be a people of your peace, that we would be guided and guarded by your peace. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters who are carrying burdens and heavy anxieties, that they would find rest for their soul as they cast their care upon you, their cares upon you. Lord, forgive us for the times that we've taken control and we haven't allowed the peace of God to rule in our hearts. Lord, we repent of those tendencies to carry it all, to figure it all out, and come to a place of childlike surrender and wonder or trusting that everything that you have for us is good. And so we trust your heart, Lord. We pray that your heart would be our heart as we venture forth this week in your peace. And I pray, Jesus, for, for, for those um, who have just missed out on your peace, that they maybe have been living beneath their privileges. Lord, would you call them to your heart? Would you restore them? Would you redeem their mistakes and their sins and repurpose them for your glory? They would be a people awaiting the everlasting kingdom of peace. But while we're waiting, (laughs) may we receive peace and give peace for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and we say, amen, amen. Hey, Calvary Vista family, we have prayer teams on both sides of the stage. And what a What a cool way to end our service of bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. If there's anything that you need prayer for, maybe some anxieties, some chaos in your family, your friendships, or maybe, I don't know, whatever, let's take it to the Lord in prayer. 
Let's replace our problems with his peace as we worship and close out in the last song. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.